Honestly, today has been an absolute blur in the best way imaginable. So two hours down, and we are coming up on hour number three. We are live from the fountains of the Bellagio. I am Jim Rome. The show brought to you this week by Wendy's with Wendy's Breakfast, two, four, three dollar biggie bundles. You can choose the pair you want. Limited time only during breakfast hours. U.S. price and participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. All right, so we're down to our last hour. This is our final hour of our simulcast. Not only today, but forever. At least on CBS Sports Network. What's up, Strip? A lot of people gathering on the Strip. The sun is out. Everybody's fired up. What I have in this last hour, and this is our last hour on CBS Sports Network, after seven years, again, the radio show does not change. Come Monday, wherever you find the radio program, you will find the radio program once again. If you try to find this show on CBS Sports Network, you will not find it come Monday because after seven years, we are moving on to the next thing. They are moving on to the next thing. It's all good. It's all great. But just know that. We're down to our last hour. It's going to be a great hour. I've got Jordan Poyer. I have Kyron Williams. And then Emmett Smith will close out the show. Right now, we are joined by a safety with Buffalo Bills. He just wrapped up his seventh season with the Bills. It's his 11th overall in the NFL. He's walking on right now. He was a Pro Bowler in 2022, a first-team All-Pro in 2021. This season, 101 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble. Of course, I'm talking about Jordan Poyer. Jordan, my dude, it is so good to see you, man. How you living? Um, How is this week treating you, dude? This is awesome, man. This is, this is amazing just to be able to be here in this atmosphere. Obviously, I'd rather be playing right now but to just be here connected with everybody people like yourself there's so many beautiful people out here to just connect with and uh just appreciate man this is awesome i'm, I'm I mean, blessed I mean, to be you here. get it dude you get it you have that perspective Absolutely. You, i mean explain that for instance like i know you want to be playing i know you want to be playing more than you want to be talking to me but at the same time it, it used to be back in the day guys would be like i'm not coming if i'm not playing but you'd be missing all this, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is just another opportunity in life, right? Just to be able to just enjoy life and go live and go experience and go share uh, and go connect, man. This is just another part of it. You know, we lost, obviously, like I said, want to be playing this weekend, but we're not. So I'm just trying to take another opportunity to just go meet people and connect with people and just uh, try to put my face out there a little bit more. You know, my wife thinks I need to put my face out there a little bit more. And so this is my idea. Of She's to right, do that. dude. She's right. You should. You, could, you show up in a really good way. So let me just be straight up, man. This year was strange, right? It it's a really hard year to read. Like, you guys are 6-6 six and six going into December. I'm not sure you're going to make the postseason. Then you guys turn it on. You rip the division again. You get to the divisional round. Can you help me make some sense of it? When you look back on the season, what kind of thoughts do you have? Man, uh... It's just like a, a wild one, right? You know, we're 6-6 six and six in the middle of the year, and so many people that were counting us out. Um, you know, we, even within our own building, you can you can argue. You know, people outside of our building just counting us out. But, you know, it's all part of it. It's part of the culture that we've been able to build there since 2017. And, you know, every season is different in, in its own ways. You're going to go through adversity. You're going to go through ups and downs. And it's really about how you handle those situations, how you handle those certain adversities, how you handle and, and, and coming together as a team. You know, every season is different in a sense. You know, I think the first four to five, six games, games you're really understanding the type of team that you are and then when you understand the type of team that you are you can build off that and I believe that we have we had great coaches that, that understood that you know we you know you see a lot of teams they come in they come in extremely hot you know and then adversity hits and then what happens you know you, you've had all this all the success and then all of a sudden some adversity hits and then now people are kind of like damn like what do we do now and so it was almost like we were calloused for those moments we were calloused to be in those moments backs against the wall to be able to say hey look like we can do this we've I mean four 
was the, the the COVID year when DeAndre Hopkins he caught a hail mary on Micah, myself, and Tre'Davious White, three All Pro players. And after that game, I tell you what, that was the worst I had ever felt in my football career. But after that game, we won ten straight and went to the playoffs, went went, went to the AFC Championship game. And so like middle of the season, like I understood like this. Look, this is just part of it. This is just part of our story. This is just part of uh, uh, like. Everything that's going to come after this season is just all part of our learning experience. Let's stick together. Let's stay together. And I, I'll never forget, we play in the Jets. And, you know, people at home, people thought, we, I think we we're on a two-game losing streak. People thought we we're going to lose to the Jets and just not make the playoffs. And then I remember, I'll never forget this play. Reggie Gilliam, my open, opening kickoff, runs down there and decleats the returner. And we pick the ball up and we get it inside the 20-yard line. We go score. But that was the start of, like, our, I think it was five or six-game winning streak right there to just, it, it almost like, that I look back at the turning point of the season, and it was like that was the turning point. Like that play was the turning point of our entire season. Just it was an attitude play. It set the tone. Our backs were against the wall. People were wondering, like, is this a like a football team? Like, what are we looking at here? And you know, we figured it out. We stuck together, and that was the type of culture that we built. Dude, that that is one of the all time first responses to a question we've ever had. You see, dude, that's why you got to put yourself out there more often. That that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. Isn't it amazing that an entire year can turn on a certain single play, and I'm not even talking about like a, a Josh Allen play or you in the secondary, but even a special teams play, Absolutely. like an energy play like that. Does, that. does that not lift up all three units? All three units. To be honest, it almost lifted up the entire organization. organization. Right? That specific play, like you felt the energy of that play. You almost felt like the hostility of, you know, opening kickoff. People were like wondering, like, are the Bills going to beat the Jets? And it was like that play right there. It was like, let's, like, let's go, boys. Like, let's go. And I'll never forget that I, you know, that was a that was such a cool play. I was standing right on the sideline because our defense was about to run out there. He hits him, and I'm I'm damn near five yards on the field already. Like, get the ball, get the ball. You know, it was it was a, it was a wild play. But after that, man, like we strung together a lot of wins, a lot of really good wins. Um, you know, and, and a tough stretch of the season. You know, we had Kansas City, we had uh, the uh, Dallas, uh, we had Tampa Bay. Um, just a tough stretch of the season that we had to win football games, and you know, we won those games. And ultimately, like I said, it came up a little short against a, a dynasty if we're going to be honest about See, it you know this is a, a dynasty it, it, it's like coming up against michael jordan right it's like <laughs> a lot of it's timing but you got your own great guy under right. center you got great players but jordan you know this you know this better than anybody man that window does not stay open no. forever right i mean me to you do you feel like it's closing absolutely not no absolutely not as long as you have josh allen on your team i do not feel like that window is closed um at all not and closed it, but is it closing is it closing i mean I don't want to say he's even closing either. Josh is 27 years old. Um, that that offense is still young and, and can put up a lot of football. Uh, can put up a lot of points. We dealt with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the football last year. Yeah, Matt, you did. Matt Milano, uh, you know Vaughn trying to get back into it. Um, who who actually came on so strong and towards the end of the year made some huge plays for us in the playoff game. Um, Tre'Davious going down early in the season. You know we had a new Mike linebacker playing and, and he didn't even play. He, he was hurt our last game of the season. So we, I mean it was. It was, it was, but 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 what we were able to do with the pieces that we had, it's not necessarily done everywhere. We were able to put pieces together within our system with guys that had necessarily been getting reps with each other. I mean, Russell Douglas came in, uh, you know, from Green Bay and, and didn't know any of us and got plugged in as a starter right away. And just his impact in the game already right away, we felt that energy. And it was, you know, it was a camaraderie that we built, man. It was just, it, it was really cool. And, and I'm not, yeah, I'm disappointed that we lost, but I'm not, I, I look back and I'm really proud of, 
what we were able to accomplish with the with the adversity that we were able to deal with. There are no moral victories, but you put perspective on everything, and you you give that perspective, and you understand the men that you were in there fighting with each and every day, and what you were able to overcome. And, and there were times, there were dark times, there were times where you're wondering, like, dang, like, are like, are what are we doing? You know, like this is this is like, are we are we focused? Are we here? Like, but the right people, the right leaders, the um, you know, just the right the right everything and it really flipped it around and you learn a lot from that man you can learn a lot just sticking through it and just flowing with it and uh you know i'm proud of uh, proud of what we were able to overcome ultimately like i said you want to win the win the big game but only one team gets to win at the end of the year that's it jordan pointer joining us you talk about dark times there's dark times in football then there's dark times in life you and i have talked and you've spoken openly about your battle with alcoholism and the central role that your sobriety Mm -hmm. now plays in your life you also share details about a trip to costa rica tell me about that trip yeah what did you do down there uh, so I go down there, and I, I, I've been getting into a lot of plant medicine lately, a lot of holistic-style medicine, a lot of holistic-style healing. And there's a lot of information out there in the world, especially in Western culture, that we're just unaware of as far as you know how, how plant medicine can help us become just a better person uh, and look inward instead of externally. Like, like lot, what? Like what kind of plant medicine we talking I, I about? Did, I, did, I went down there and did ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Tell me I, about that. I, what I, was that like? It was, uh, it was life-changing in a way that I, couldn't, I can't even put into words in a sense that um, it, it showed me a lot about myself that I didn't know. It showed me a lot about myself that, you know, I, I went in with the intentions of, of trying to figure out who I was and try to figure out, you know, you know, why I was so unhappy in my life. I had been three years sober from alcohol and, and I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful daughter, beautiful home. I have nice cars. I'm living this life. And, and but something inside of me wasn't sitting like I wasn't happy. Like I was, I was always finding the negative of everything. And I'm trying to figure out why, why am I so unhappy? What is wrong with me? And I, and so, you know, when Aaron Rodgers, he, he came out a couple years ago and started talking on a podcast about this plant medicine. And it was almost like, it was almost like a calling, right? It was almost like you, you buy a new car. You've never seen that car on the, in, out in the, out in the streets ever, but you buy this new car. And all of a sudden, every other car that you see at the stoplight is that it's car. That car right? And so it was like the, the word just kept popping up in every way, everything I was reading, every podcast I was listening to randomly. And so I, I started to really dive into it and, and really try to learn about what this is and why it's so, in a sense, like, why is it so dehumanized in Western culture? Why is it so, you know, looked down upon in Western culture? It's because it, it's deep. But at the same time, when you, when you really dive into it, all it is is self-understanding, understanding yourself, understanding who you are, understanding how to control your emotions, understanding, you know, the life we live, giving you perspective on what you have, you know, like this is such a beautiful life for all of us. And we all put that perspective that we are all special, like we are all we are all here for a purpose and I needed to find my purpose. My purpose was my whole life. I thought my purpose was playing football. And I, I, I thought when football was over, like my purpose was going to be like, I didn't have a purpose anymore. And I, I battled for years with that. Like, okay, if football is done tomorrow, like, what are you going to do? Like you, you've lived your whole life playing football. And I, like, I had that tied to me. I had that identity tied to me. Like, okay, if you play like this, you can feel like this. If you play, if you don't play like this, then you can't feel like this, you know? And it's like my ego was bad. I was battling my ego all the time and it's in a sense like that's what we you know we're, we're very ego driven as human beings and essentially it gives us it gives us a false reality of what you know we're looking it's for what you do it's not who you are exactly exactly and and we look for things externally to make us happy you know i'm trying to go buy a new car or i'm trying to go buy some new clothes or i'm trying to go do dopamine this, dude you know and, and it, it fades it, man and, and so it fades fast so fast and you wonder why like okay there's a lot of people in the world that's got all this money that's got but they're not happy inside why are they not happy inside it's it's the mind. The mind is a powerful tool. And when you understand how to control your mind and how to control your thoughts and how to control, 
you know, your emotions and put your energy in places that you, that, 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 that helps you and doesn't hurt you. Then you learn how to live at a higher vibration. I mean, I mean, that- dude, see, I'm starting to interrupt. This this is so deep and it's so good. <laughs> and, that, and that's key, by the way, vibrancy. Like you want to live on a much higher, different frequency. Absolutely. You want to vibrate differently. In this perspective that you're sharing, all this stuff that's coming out right now, is that off of one trip to Costa Rica? Or are we talking about a regimen right now and a routine? So what I- are you doing with plant medicine to have this perspective and this thing that changed your entire life? So I have. I'd always had this feeling that there was something deeper there's something more there's something there's more there's more out there what is it what you know and 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 I had I had studied energies studied the quantum field study you know the yin and yang like and there is more but like I never I never felt it. I never like, you know, people talk about it and people like, you know, you you hear about monks, they meditate for, for years in the, in the mountains to get to this state of mind. It's a state of mind that you're in to where you understand reality. You understand what, you know, none of this is, this is all, I don't want to say it's fake, but it's not real reality. There's, there's a deeper layer beyond that, that if you can understand how to move your energy, how to manipulate your energy and all of that is all ayahuasca does and plant medicine does is it teaches you and it gives you the tools to when certain situations come up you're not so say 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 you hadn't dealt with uh say you got beat up as a kid as a six as a six-year-old kid i was you gonna got, ask you man how much of this was about dealing with trauma when it's you went all down there? about dealing it's with trauma. what it is right because you as a as six-year-old kid he gets beat he say he gets beat up okay he he's upset about that he got beat up that subconsciously is going to sit in the back of his head until he addresses actually addresses it. it and and every decision that he makes throughout until he actually sits back with that six-year-old self and addresses it and say hey it's okay that you got you got beat up you know it's part a lot. You sit with it. however you need to sit with it. You sit with it. But you, you not sitting with it. You subconsciously making decisions every day in your life. Subconsciously, and you don't, don't even know. Don't even know because you haven't dealt with what you what that trauma as a six year old kid or whatever trauma that may be. Maybe a breakup. It may be a, a fight. It may be you know whatever whatever it may be that you're just kind of just holding on to in there. And in certain situations, it doesn't come up all the time. But then in certain situations that you'll be triggered and you won't even know why you're triggered. It just triggers you and all of a sudden you lash out with just this built up and, and don't know why and don't know why so where are you so where, dude where, I mean, there's so much oh, here. so yeah. where so where are you at right now i mean you said i was not happy i had everything yeah. everybody else watching or listening would cut off their arm dude to be you and you're like <laughs> i know i know but i'm not happy so are you happy now man, happier where are I'm, you at now i'm so blessed man and i, I am so extremely blessed first off i have a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter like who just absolutely take care of me and 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 my wife supports all of this holistic did she do the same thing is no she... she and so i'm not telling everybody that this is what they need to do I, i'm not saying that this is the it's good answer. for you it's, it's good, good for you it's good for me i i needed answers i need my wife she lives at a high vibration already she already. lives in the present moment she lives on that state of playing where she is she doesn't need to go out and drink and like she can go out and have a good time sober like i and that i that inspires me i'm like yo how do you just like go out and function with all these people and like you're just at a high like she's just happy all the time she's comfortable very comfortable and like that's it is you're comfortable in your own skin of being who you are you don't have to try to be somebody else you're not in my whole life I mean, years when I was drinking, like, I'm trying to be somebody that I wasn't, trying to fit in in this crowd, try to fit in in this crowd, try to fit in over there. And all of, you know, it was pulling me further and further away from who I actually was. And so the further I got away from who I was, the unhappier I, I was getting because I knew 
you, each one of us know deep down the decision that you're making, if, if it's a right decision or a wrong decision. You know that deep down. And so you essentially going against your intuition and, and going against your consciousness and saying, okay, this is the right decision over here, but I'm going to make this decision over here. You're going against your... Who you want to be. Who you want to be. You know what I mean? And I, and I was... And mid- you know that. And you know it. And then you, you feel like hell because you did you, it. Oh, my... And it's just a cycle. Right. And it's just a cycle right. that just keeps going and going and, 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 and until you actually sit with that and like, okay, I, this is where I effed up. This is where I need to be better. This is... You know, and you sit with that and you deal with it and you, you understand it. You learn about it. You don't just put it on the back burner and just let it come up and I, I, I have times. to share something with you, dude. Like, we need to keep going because I have other guests, but this almost never, ever happens. Almost never, ever happens. Like... I forgot you and I were just having this conversation. You know, you there are so many people watching and listening, and I have no awareness of it whatsoever no. because we're in this zone. Absolutely. It doesn't happen very often. It's no. really unusual, dude, Absolutely. and really awesome Thank and really you. unusual. So I'm not looking to cut you off. No, I'm looking to say <laughs> so much respect, dude. I have so much love and respect for you, for you being that open and that vulnerable and sharing it. And not everybody's going to get that message, and you know this. Yeah. But what you're saying is, man... I'm searching and it works for me. Absolutely. And I'm in a much better place for Absolutely. it. And by the way, I love the Bills. I love the Mafia. The window hasn't shut yet. No, hasn't and we're not, not done yet. Not, we're not done yet. Jordan, I, I appreciate you so much, man. That that was an amazing conversation. I'm sorry that I got to keep moving through it. No, but good, we, we have to pick up next time Absolutely. and continue with that, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Anytime you want, man. Appreciate you, you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Dude. I appreciate you. you. Best, Thank you. Thank you. Really Thank you, guys. That. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, mean, I, I can only imagine how many people that helped in the reaction. Jordan Poyer, definitely one of one. You are the best, Thank man. You, brother. Thanks Appreciate so much. You. Thank Appreciate you. Guys. you. That, that, that was a rare. I've done this for 30 years. I've done 30 million interviews. That's one of one right there. That is one of my favorite conversations that. ever. All right, we're going to take a short time out. Bill's Mafia, I'll take your reaction to it. You guys showing up huge on the strip. Clones. While I have your attention, this year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you will have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, dell.com slash deals. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I mean, wow. How about that, dude? Jordan Poyer. Absolutely incredible. Coming down the home stretch. Welcome back. We are live in Vegas. I am Jim Rome, live from the Fountains of the Bellagio, our final hour on CBS Sports Network. Having an amazing day. I knew it would be, and it is. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. All right, we continue on. The game's all-time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, will be joining me in the last segment. But right now, we are joined by a running back for the L.A. Rams. He just wrapped up his second season. He had an enormous year. He rushed for a career-high 1,144 yards. He led the league 
with 95.3 yards per game. He had 12 rushing touchdowns as well. He was a pro bowler. He was a second-team All-Pro this season. I am joined by Kyron Williams. Kyron, great to have you on the show, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I got to ask you, man, how's the Super Bowl experience? Obviously, you want to play in the game, but if you can't play, it's good to be here. What's the experience been like for you so far? It's been fun. You know, it's like you said, it sucks not being able to play in the game. You know, that's something that I'm always going to keep continuing to work for. But, you know, it's been fun being able to experience it for the first time. This is my first time actually being where the Super Bowl is at, you know, the location where it's actually playing at and not watching it from home. So it's definitely cool, you know, seeing everything that goes on around it. Good attitude, man. Good energy. That's the way you should approach it. Let's not mention that you had a huge year. But to put this in perspective, not only did you have the Rams' first 1,000-yard rushing season since 2018, but, dude, you did it in 12 games. You did it in just 12 games. You had a breakout season. A lot of people were surprised. Did you surprise yourself at all? No, not really. Um, honestly, I just knew I needed a chance. You know, um, after my first se- my rookie season didn't go the way that I wanted to, I knew that I had to go back to the drawing board, and that's what I did. You know, going back um, after the season was going back and really just training, like getting back to you know building that foundation of who I am as a player, and then building from there. And so, from the work that I put in all throughout the summer, and you know going into training camp, I knew I just needed a chance. And once I got that chance, I knew what I could do as a player. You know, I was confident in my ability and from everything I did. So once I got that chance, and Coach McVay was allowed me to you know allow me to play my game the way I do it was just it was lights out from there and dude can you tell me the process I love that I love that so much because the fact of the matter is last year you had 35 carries right you couldn't really show what you did right but instead of getting angry and pointing the finger you're like hey man I gotta look in the mirror I right. need to rebuild myself I need to go out and and recreate how did you do that what was your process I mean exactly what you just said you had to really I had to really sit down with myself you know I had to really you know, come to reality with things like you had to be um, 100% hold yourself accountable and had to be honest with yourself. You know, this is um, a hard profession, you know, that I'm in, you know, and it's something I've, I've always loved since I was a little kid. So that's I wasn't going to let whatever happened in my rookie year stop me because, you know, I've had I had so much love for this game and I had to do this for a bigger purpose than, you know, just playing the game, you know. So I didn't allow that to, you know, stop me and I just allowed that to, you know, grow a little fire inside of me. And that just pushed me throughout the whole whole season, whole summer. And it just makes everything just everything so much more worth it. All right. So I'm on record as saying this. I want to say it again right now. And I'm already two questions in. And you've kept the streak alive. There is a streak. I've been in this game now a minute or so. I'm telling you, dude, I've interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of current and former Notre Dame players on this show. I literally have never had one bad conversation. Dude, not even one bad conversation. It's a Notre Dame thing. I'm telling you, it's uncanny. i got to ask you, how did your years at South Bend shape you to become the player and the person you are right now? Because nobody, everybody shows up like this. Right. What is that? Man, what you go through, it, it's, it's tough in South Bend. You know, you're, I'm a long way from home for the first time. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. You know, the summers are, I mean, the, the, the winters are harsh. It, it's cold. It's, you know, it's really just, a, like I said, another moment I had to come to truth with. Is this what I really what I wanted? You know, I heard a little bit going into college, like, well, they're going to test you. You're going to, you know, it might push you against something you've never been you know, pushed before. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. But it, <laughs> until, <laughs> until, it until it actually happens. And then I'm glad I had those people tell me that because I, when that moment happened, I knew that this was like a, a, a chosen moment. A choosing, like a, you got to choose moment, you know, and I, I just picked the right side and I just feel like the, you know, the, you got to pick which lane you're going down. One thousand percent. Yes. And I think just think with Coach Bayless and, you know, Coach Kelly, they, their program that they had, it was really just straightforward. Like you either want it or you don't. And so, you know, if you want it, you're on board and, 
It allows you, you know, to be it the man. It weeds people out, right? One thousand percent. You find out. Kyron Williams joining us. You know, your production proves that once again, less need, man. He knows what he's doing, dude. <laughs> he knows what it's doing when it comes to evaluating talent. You were a fifth round pick, and then he hits another home run in the fifth round Puka. when he takes Puka. So Puka put up the best numbers of any rookie receiver in league history. What was it like for you to see that dude just wreck defenses on the weekly this year? It was fun. You know, it was fun seeing just the. From where he got to OTAs to where he is now, and just seeing that happen all the way out throughout the season, it was so fun. He was battling through any every injury that you know he, their policy could have been. It's just that being able to play with somebody like that and that has like that that dog inside of him, it makes you want to play even so much more. And so like just having those type of guys that are on this offense is. It's dang near in every position that, you know, guys are just shaped like that and built like that. So it was definitely fun. All right. So if that team is built like that and it's shaped like that, it did so much better than anybody expected. I mean, are we talking about a team that's built for a Super Bowl run next year? Is that how it feels to you? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I feel like going into this now every year is going to feel like that. You know, I feel like we've, we built the right foundation. Coach McVay, he... He built the right foundation coming into these OTAs and what the message was to the team and, you know, how we were going to be, you know, the best competitors out there, you know. Regardless of what happens, we're going to be the best competitors. And, you know, he built that, and I just think that we can grow on that so much and, um, you know, be contenders in these coming years. You know, I've spent not a lot of time with him, but I've spent a little bit of time away from the field with him. Man, that's a different dude, he Sean is. McVay. He's just a different dude. Explain to me why you think he is and then, like, his energy. How is his energy different than other coaches you've been around? Because he really loves it. You know, you know, some people can fake it. Some people can just act like, you know, they're there because they got to be, you know. But he actually loves it. You can tell in the meetings, like, he's he's out there running running motions. He's trying to, you know, just demonstrate the routes that, you know, the, the receivers are going to run. And, like, he's really passionate about what he does. And so that just feeds off into, you know, us as players. Like, when you got a coach that really loves it and he really trusts in you to go do it, then it's only right to, you know, go play for him and go play hard for, you know, your teammates and your brothers. Dude, is there so much energy in that? Like, he, everybody plays for different reasons. Right. right. You want you want to play for the guy next to you. You want to play for yourself. You want to play for your family. But if you want to actually win for the coach, man, that's next level, right? right. Not everybody plays for coaches like that. Right. How motivating is that? Like, man, I want to win for that guy. I want that guy's approval. No, for me, it's, it's, it's always it's motivating me from since the day I got there. Because, you know, I look at it as if he gave me the opportunity of my life. Like, he blessed me. You know, he allowed me to my dream to come true. So, like, um, I, you know, just when, allowed me. And then this year he allowed he put that trust in me as a player to go out there and just be who I am. And so, like, for that, I'm always, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna go play for him because, you know, he allows me to go do that. You know, he gives me that confidence. He allows me the trust, and, you know, just to go be who I am out there. I can appreciate that. So what about Sunday, man? I know you're not playing. I know you want to be playing, but I know you understand the matchup. What kind of a game are you expecting? What's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen? Now, it's definitely going to be a close game. I definitely think it's going to be a shootout with great two offenses, you know, great both offenses, you know, on both sides of the ball. Um, but, you know, it's getting to the point where, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, getting to that level where he, he's almost unbeatable. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm outside, you know, I'm not, outside, not in the game, but, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to come out with it. You know, that's kind of like a home, hometown type of thing, too. So, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to come out, but it's going to be a great game. Hey, sure. Listen, I, I get that. You you play with a guy who's won a Super Bowl. You know what good quarterbacking <sighs> looks like. Mahomes, dude, he's just... He's not like the rest, dude. Yeah. He's different. I mean, as a guy in the league, what do you think when you watch him play? It's cool. It's all, it's so cool because, you know, he controls the game at his own pace. Regardless of what's happening around him, you know, he's always calm and he's always composed and he's ready, ready just to go. You know, and he, I think the swagger that he holds, too, is kind of cool, you know, when he goes out there and makes plays. But, you know, you can just see that the whole team feeds off of him and what he does. So it's definitely cool seeing, you know, arguably one of the best to go out to, to play. 
for sure. Dude, dude you, your energy is great. I love that story, too. I love that story. I think that's a really powerful message that that first year you're like, hey, man, that, that did not go the way that I thought it would go. But I need to realize why that didn't go that way. Right. I got to look within. I got to yeah. look within and look sure. at it, man. You showed up great. Karen, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very, very much. Great to have you on the show. I will look for you next year as well. And that was a really good conversation. Thank dude. you so much appreciate for Appreciate you. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Kyron Williams coming off an amazing year, a super effective year, and he did that himself. A lot of help around him, but rebuilt himself, his mind, his body, his approach, owned it, and just blew up and had a great year. And by the way, in 12 games. All right, when we come back, we've got one last segment. Again, this is my last segment on CBS Sports Network. No, there's not going to be one shining moment. I'm not going to get all dusty. I'm not going to tear up, but I've got gratitude. We've had a great seven-year run here. Remember, Monday, if you listen to me on the radio, wherever you find the program, you will find it once again. And then as far as the video streaming of this program, it will reemerge on the X platform shortly, and I will keep you posted there. All right, one last break. Emmett Smith will be joining me on the set on the other side. One last segment. Wrap this thing up. We are live outside the fountains of the Bellagio. I am Jim Rome. So if you're going to cap this week, if you're going to cap this week and this seven-year run, what better way to do it than with a three-time Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, an NFL MVP, the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns, 11 straight 1,000-yard seasons, an eight-time Pro Bowl selection, a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and appearing courtesy of Heradora Tequila, Emmett Smith is my guest. Dude, it is so good to see another old head. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up, brother Rome? How you doing, How you doing man? man? Emmett, it's so good to see you, man. How you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Is this not a great place to host dude, the Super Bowl? Right? Man? How about this? Yeah, this is wonderful. This yeah. is this you is. You absolutely... know a little thing about Super Bowl is having won three of them. In terms of a host city, how does Vegas shape up in your mind? What kind of marks do you give it? Oh, I give it a A plus right now because uh, it's not overly crowded. Everybody has something that they can do. Uh, you got shows, you got great food, you got great entertainment. You also have casinos, and you're gonna have the big game here on Sunday. So it's there you awesome. Go. All right, so dude, this is amazing. Like I'm gonna turn this thing on its head. Normally, you know how this goes: you come on, you have your product, we do the interview. At the very end, I ask you about the product. I'm gonna flip this thing on its head because I'm. I'm a tequila guy. I'm a tequila guy. Yes, I am. Well, well if you're so, a tequila guy, but, then. but there's a story behind this tequila. How did you find this tequila the first right. time? First of all, lay it out. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, I was uh, in Cabo San Lucas with with uh, Tom Joyner. Okay, and uh, we were doing uh, tequila tasting. And so I started getting introduced to tequila that way through. I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Like Baker Mayfield hit me with this week with I was in Cabo, and my immediate thing was, were you at the El Dorado Club or were you at Las Ventanas? And he's like, uh huh. And he didn't answer. <laughs> Dude, where, where were you at Cabo? I, the time when I was introduced to tequila, I was at Las Ventanas. Okay, there you I go. I was at Ventanas. Dude, what a resort, man. Yes, what it's, a resort. It's an awesome resort. There's so many of them. Great ones down there. Yeah, some, yeah. So many. Well, anyway, from there I came back to the states, and I was. Testing uh, tequila. I was doing a lot of figuring out what what kind of tequila was I like. That, was it new to you? Were you not a tequila guy before I that wasn't. trip? I wasn't okay. at the time. So when I came back, I was like, okay, I'm, I want to try to get into this. So I started trying different things. And then when I did Dance with the Stars, I was at the Lermitage. I came down from practice one day. Said, I'm going to go to the bar, grab me something to eat, or grab me something to drink. 
sitting at the bar. I'm looking for my certain kind of tequila that I like. I ain't going to call the brand out. They didn't have it. Not anymore, you're not. And then the person <laughs> introduced me to Hedda Dura. Okay. Double barrel reposado. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. So I called my, my, my one of my marketing guys, Tom George is his name. And he and I, when we take trips together, I'm speaking and all this kind of stuff. We sit down and we have either a cigar and we drink a little tequila. And and I told him about Hedadura. Then all of a sudden, about eight months later to a year later, I get the a phone call. rings. I get a call from Tom. Tom, Emmett, we got got something for you. You're going to like this one. I said, what you got? He says, uh, we got a tequila that you can endorse. I said, what's the name of it? He said, Hedadura. I found it, and we got it now. There you go, so, dude. I love it. And I've been with him uh, since 2010. How do you drink it? I drink my tequila. Depends on what I'm having. If I have the Ultra Nejo, I'm drinking it straight with a, uh, actually a big rock. And I'm going to put an orange slice in it just to do it. Okay. Then if I'm drinking Legends or Double Barrel Reposado, I'm going to throw a little Grand Marnier on it along with an orange wedge on it. So uh, that's that's Dude, what I'm going to do. you're all about it, man. Yeah. You yeah. ain't playing. Yeah, I'm, ain't I'm playing. for real about this tequila. Yeah, I get thing. you. I respect that. That's good. That's good. So you mentioned Dancing with the Stars. Dude, yeah. everybody I've ever talked to, I mean, you, you're the game's all-time leading rusher. Hall of Famer, elite athlete. Is it as hard as they say it is? I can't say how many great athletes have said, dude, <laughs> it's harder than anything. And I always say, what do you mean harder than anything? You've won the Super Bowl. How hard was that? I don't know if it's as hard as as much of time consuming. Okay. I mean, if you – like football, you had to learn how to play the game of football. If you got any rhythm, any kind of musicality within your body, it's not as hard. You're just trying to figure out how do I flow, where do I go, What's the technique and all those kind of things? Just like is a technique for throwing the football, a technique for running the football, and protecting the technique for making the first guy miss yes. every single time? Yes, 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 yes. That's your deal, man. Yes, that, that's my deal. And so I just incorporated what I was learning on the football field into what I needed to learn in the ballroom dance room. So that's, I got it. That's, that's what I did. Emmett Smith joining us. You know, I'm like, because we're old heads, I understand the generation. I remember the triplets very clearly like it was yesterday. I remember the first time Michael Irvin walked into my TV studio, and I'm like, damn, dude, I've never seen or met anybody like that before. <laughs> I'm curious. When you and Troy and Mike were playing, those Cowboy teams, man, they knew how to win. You would find a way to win big games no matter what. Yes. Was it pure talent, or was it about your mentality and your combination of the two things? Like, what was it that it was, made those teams so great? It was always about the combination of, of the two. Yeah. We were very talented, but we had the right mentality because we were built that way. We practiced that way. We competed and practiced that way. And when we didn't practice and we were in the locker room, we competed in the locker room with games like dominoes, games like ping pong, card games, you name it. We competed. And that's just the way we were. We, 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 grew, we were groomed that way from the very start. Plus... The Cowboys was already at the bottom, and we had nowhere to go but up. And so as we started winning, things just got better for us, and we adapted that whole mindset of comp- competition at the highest level against no matter who it is that we play. And that's just the way we were. Emmett Smith joining us. Here's something else, though, about it. A couple of years ago, Mike came on my podcast one day, and we talked about Troy Aikman a day or two later, or then I spoke to him. What was clear to me was the respect, man, the respect that you all had for one another. Normally when teams win, people want their own, right? right. And then things start to rip apart. And that didn't happen with you guys. How did you navigate that, and why did that not happen? I think the reason it did not happen is is one of the things that I alluded to before. We was already at the bottom. 
So everybody didn't – we had to earn our respect. And everybody on the team had to earn their respect. Everybody on the team had to show the next guy to the right or to the left that he was willing to go the mile or the extra mile to get the work in and to do the things that we needed to do to get this losing streak off our backs and get this bad taste out of our mouths. Winning was the ultimate goal. And if we put in and had to run 17 110s on a certain times or 200s, whatever you called it, we needed to do it in order to be ready to go play against the Philadelphia Eagles at the time or the Giants at the time with LT and that team. And, and, and even up against Junior Sal and the San Diego Chargers, they were all great run defenses. And so the work that we put in during the offseason was a complete reflection of how we played. See, it seems to me, man, it, it was a lifestyle, it was an identity, it was personal, it was part of your DNA, man. Yes. This is just the way you guys did it. All of that said, man, I hate to say this, it ain't like that now. So when you're Emmett Smith and you're at home and you're watching the Cowboys fall behind 27 nothing in the playoffs at home and you're seeing the exact opposite of what you and I are talking about right now, what are you thinking? What a damn shame that this team went out in our home stadium and laid an egg like that. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. Something has to change because this is just not going to get it. I felt embarrassed for not only the team, but I felt embarrassed for the organization. I felt embarrassed for the fans. I, I just felt embarrassed as if I was as if I was out there playing. And it hurt so much. I couldn't stand it. I walked I, I, I left the game on the pick six, I believe it was. I left the game. I had to leave the game. I could not I could not take it no more. And when I got home, I knew the score was even worse and and I just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, my kids know this about daddy. If we had a game, and if it's five minutes left to play in the game, and we're there to the fourth quarter, I'm going to leave regardless if we're winning because I'm going to try to beat the traffic out. But in this particular case, I couldn't sit there and take another play. I didn't want to see nothing on the team. I, I was just done. I was completely – I was just flabbergasted by what I saw. I could not believe that that team who – had won all of his home games. Get into the play. Dominant at home. You, again, we're talking about offseason, training, running and conditioning, the sweat, the tears. We're talking about everything leading to that point. To that point. And you show up like that? No, 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 so, no. So, so how did that happen? I mean, how much of that is on the coach? How much of that is on the players? It's a combination of both. I think players got to get themselves ready because the coach can't. Barry Swisser said this one time. And this was, this was an amazing statement that he said. He said, listen, I'm not going to come in and give you a speech right before you get ready to go out and play that's going to just make you play any better. You're in the National Football League, and you are a professional football player. There isn't anything that I can say to you that should make you want to go out there and play any harder. Because you play in a sport that you absolutely love, only a few people get a chance to do it, and you're getting paid to do what you do. So what else can I say to you? And you know what? I sat back. I said, you know what? He's, He's right. right. He's right. He's right. I am self-motivated enough to go out here and do my job to the best of my ability. And, and what happens after that happens. 
we win, a lot can happen. We lose, we got to figure out why we lost. You know what's amazing to me? First of all, dude, first, you've never been better. This is my favorite conversation you and I have ever had. <laughs> Secondly, and we're going to walk off on this, I love it because I know how strongly you feel about Jimmy Johnson. Dude, what a coach, man. What an amazing coach. But I love that the first coach that you referenced was Barry. Man, Barry's an all-timer. Yeah. I love Barry. What was he like to play for? He was great. He was a coach. He was a player's coach. Right. Really. Uh, and and, and uh, and here's the thing. A matured player... God, it must have been so different going from Jimmy to Barry. Completely different. A mature player won't take advantage of his kindness. A mature player knows how to work. And the one thing I give Jimmy credit for, he taught us how to work. Oh, yeah. How to compete. So we didn't need Barry to teach us how to do those Amen. things. Amen. What were those plane rides like back if you guys did not show up for a game, man? How intense oh. would Jimmy get? Ooh, ooh. As Michael said yesterday, he'll stop the, stop the food from coming out. <laughs> he'll stop the food. I mean, seriously. He, you didn't earn that meal, yo. You, you didn't earn it. You don't, you don't get to eat. You don't get to eat. As a matter of fact, one time we was coming back, and we had laid an egg against, I want to say, the Washington them boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, commanders, I wanted to just go back and say the Redskins. But, yeah, they were the Redskins at the time. So, on the plane ride back, we lost the game. And there was a little bit of... I got two minutes, my dude. I don't want to cut you off when it happens. So right, two there, minutes, go ahead. All right, there was, a, there was a little laughter going on. And Jimmy had just finished watching the, the, the uh-huh. game. He come back there. He said, sit down and shut up. I don't want to hear another, noise, another, another sound out of anybody on this plane. And one of the guys got up to say something. He said, if you say another word, I'm going to cut you before the plane get off the Ooh. land and, on the ground. And, you, and he meant it, dude. He meant it. And it was a quiet ride the whole time. Quiet ride. I mean, people were leaning over, whispering and talking. And wasn't nobody talking loud. Yeah, man. I, I wouldn't mess with him at all. At all. But and today, it, yeah. kids get their feelings oh, yeah. hurt when someone say that to them. They're up in their feelings. Yeah, they're up in their feelings. I get you. Like I said, good to be with their old head, man. <laughs> That's how we came <laughs> up. Where can they get that tequila? Man, they can get this tequila almost anywhere. Um, <laughs> the liquor stores sell it all. They well, have it right easy. here. I mean, come I'm on. Gonna go, I'm going to go get one. I'm done. My week's over. And I brought you Legends, too, by the way. Thanks. Legends. Oh, the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. My man, Emmett. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you so much. No, nah, man. Appreciate you. That is how you close the show with the legend, Emmett, the game's all-time leading rusher. Appreciate that so much, Emmett. That's how you show up. That was my favorite Emmett Smith interview ever. That was our final segment and our final show on CBS Sports Network. I've talked about it all week long. I'm grateful for it. Thanks, everybody. Have a tremendous Super Bowl, and I will see you all on the other side. Peace.